Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each and every week, I talk to treasurers about how they built their careers, where they are now, and where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. And this week's show, I'm joined by Christian Schmal, the Director of Treasury at Delivery Hero. Delivery Hero started in 2011. They've been transforming the way people order food. So 600,000 restaurant partners, 25,000 employees. I'll get Christian to explain a bit more about the company, but basically amazing. 30 brands, 40 countries, headquartered in Berlin. So that's where I'm actually talking to Christian today. He's based over there. Christian, as always, it's your show. Let's talk about you and your career today. How did you first ever discover finance and then actually treasury so go back to you sir hi so first of all thanks for having me and having the opportunity talking here mm-hmm. yeah how did i come to to treasury it was actually one of these late evening shifts that i had in my first position at groupon and it was one late evening again where i was asked by the designated emia treasury lead if i want to join the treasury team mm-hmm. and no it was 10 in the evening we had just our pizza <laughs> session and i turned to him and i said yeah sure let's do that yeah. and as soon as he left the door i honestly had to Google what's actually treasury because it was my first work experience. I just came from university and I was not really, I was hired as an accountant for that, for Groupon. And that's how it all started. And you started there, but you'd already had a passion, you know, so you decided finance was your career and that's what you studied. And then when you joined Groupon, you, you developed into treasury. Was that right? You've always had a passion for maths and that you do economics and things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is what my what my study and my focus during university was on. And I liked numbers, but I even liked more liked cash. So I thought that's an interesting opportunity. Being interested in money, treasury is the right place to be, I guess. <laughs> and then you joined Groupon. Most of the listeners, a lot of the listeners will have heard of it, particularly in the US and things is massive globally as well. Maybe you could just explain what Groupon does or, you know, and, and your path through there, because you that's where you really you know, developed your treasury career or the early stages of it. So, Yeah, I mean, also Groupon is and was those days a platform business, was once designated as by the Forbes magazine as the fastest growing company ever. I, I had the opportunity to start my treasury career in a very fast growing and very dynamic surrounding and environment. Mm. I also had, because the company was pretty young those days, I started in 2010. So that was really also the beginning of that company, more or less. You could call it a tech startup those days. And I had the opportunity to build a treasury together with my managers those days from the green field. And I think this is an opportunity that I had. And I later on, my career should show that I will have it a second time in my life. I think that's a great thing to be able to build a treasury from a from a green field and, and really start from the scratch, understanding what the business needs and then developing a strategy and a vision based on that. When you first started, you you obviously were an analyst and things like that, and joining that greenfield sort of site. So you weren't leading that, were you? But you know, how did your career go from there? When I started, how how did it, the reason why this designated treasury lead actually came to my desk mm. that evening was because there was no real department and no treasury in that sense those days. Mm. I mean, the very very early days of that of that tech startup. But um, I was the one who just started to collect all the cash balances from all the subsidiaries within EMEA, and that was kind of treasury linked mm. task, if you want to call it that way. From I mean, this again, there was no treasury structures or anything like that, and that was 
was basically the reason why he went to my desk. Otherwise, it could have been any other desk as well. Um, and that made me becoming one of the, the treasury analysts, as you said, at the very early days of Groupon. Kind of a coincidence, if you want to call it that way. And it gave a stem to the rest of my career, as it looked like. And I know that we've talked about this you know, with your current role at Delivery Hero and things, but obviously technology and you were new to treasury, but you embraced that. So talk us through what the sort of, technology surrounding or you know were they big on tech within Groupon or what was the what was the background I think that when when we talk about technology and technology in finance and treasury then I think this is and or at minimum should be a big thing for every treasurer we will talk about it probably later a bit more detailed mm. but I think this is not different from a tech company to any other I think treasury is developing with technology, the environment, the technological environment within treasury is changing and, and you have to go with the flow and with the technology and its developments. Mm. So um, I wouldn't say that this should be, maybe it is sometimes, but it should not be dependent if you work for a fast growing tech company or if you work for what some people call the, the old industry or let's say, you know, more established companies. Technology gives, uh, gives great opportunities, I think, to in general, yeah. To, to businesses, to finance and to treasury. And you should use these um, opportunities in order to improve your processes. Mm. With the flow of cash coming in, we talked about this before the show that, you know, obviously cash is king and everything else. With Groupon growing massively at the time, that accelerated growth, as it were, as you were going through that, what, what was it like working in treasury then? Was it literally everyday craziness or was it very controlled? What was the ethos there? I never use the word that it's crazy or, or disorganized or whatsoever. I use the term, it's very dynamic. Right. Yeah. I think when you, when you work in such a growth environment, um, and that counts for both, for Groupon, for Delivery Hero, your environment naturally is, is, is very dynamic. It's impacted with, from external as well as internal factors. And, and this is also one of the challenges that, that I'm facing in my, in my positions, but it's a, it's, it's a positive challenge. Mm. You know, I mean, you have to be very flexible and follow the development of your company at the same time, I think, as a success factor for building such a treasury department for such companies, you have to have a clear vision and strategy and to build your treasury department. Mm. You need to be, you need to have a vision. You need to be disciplined and stick to your vision. At the same time, you need to have the flexibility in order to react on where the company goes, which is pretty much normal again in such fast growing and also relatively young companies mm -hmm. that find their way through the market. So for someone listening today, you, you started as a treasury analyst in 2010, seven years later, you were the treasury manager. Again, a treasury analyst is listening to this today. What kind of vision did you have in mind or, you know, at that stage? Have you, were you driven to say, right, I need to get qualifications? Or what were you thinking, right, this is going to be key to my success here. If I want to get to the treasury manager role, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to deliver. Again, this is sort of to, to give some of the listeners today, they're saying there's treasury analyst, and, and some of them have said to me, well, we listen to your podcast, Mike, to get tips about how to improve myself and get my career on the career ladder. What would you say you did there that, that worked? 
I think I have to say that like when I was when I was starting as an analyst, mm. did I had this kind of master plan in mind of mm -hmm. where I want to develop, what I want to do next? What is the, you know, some people are talking about a five-year career yeah. or life plan or whatsoever. To be honest, in my first seven years, especially at Groupon, whenever I tried to make a plan, be it professional-wise or private-wise, I think the next year when I kind of developed that plan, if you want to call it. And um, I found myself in a different country where I lived when I made this plan, mm. to be honest. So what I learned is, I mean, especially when I was young, I was flexible mm. also from a private perspective. So I did kind of, I went with the flow. I mean, I was definitely working in a very like interesting environment that gave a lot of opportunities to me. So, you know, I started in Berlin and then, a, then a, like a finance hub had been established at Groupon in Switzerland. Um, I had the chance to go there. I went there and I saw that, you know, it was there the first time I had a, also at Groupon, same as Delivery Hero in Berlin, it's very international work environments mm -hmm. in these tech companies, which is just great. But also in Switzerland, I worked with people from all around the world. Um, it was finance experts that were sitting in the middle of Switzerland all together. And I just went there and I thought, okay, I don't know how long I'm going to stay here. I mean, I'm leaving Berlin, which is like my hometown and it's a nice, interesting city. And I went to Switzerland, a very interesting and, and great country as well. But I, I did not really plan to be or stay there for how long, I didn't know. So I basically said, okay, let me go there. Let me have a look. Let me see how things develop there. Is that all interesting that I see there? And if yes, I will stay. If no, I will go back. Again, this is when you are in your mid-late 20s or something like that. You probably are very flexible. And if you want, then take the opportunities and discover such things. Another thing for me personally, I always thought that actually... I wanted to go back to university and maybe do a master studies, mm. which I never did. I did a bit of studying meanwhile, but I never did then basically my, my master studies, even though that was always the plan. I thought I will go to Groupon. I will work there for two, three years to get a bit of work experience after my bachelor and then do the master. Mm. That was the real so-called master plan, but it never worked out because the opportunities that I found were always so interesting that I thought, I think this is worth to stay another year another two years to see what's what's happening and, and this is probably what i would recommend um young analysts to 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 analyze also their personal situation where do they stand in the company where is their company developing mm -hmm. to and does it offer to you interesting opportunities because it's the it's the period of your life where a lot of decisions are made and and if you are in an interesting environment then take it analyze it take the right decisions and, and go with the flow as well. Mm -hmm. If the flow would have told me go to, back to university, I would have gone to university. Berlin to Zurich as as well. And you, you know, how did you sort of get assimilate yourself with, with the environment? How do you, did you get involved in sports out there? Again, I'm thinking that some of the guys listening today, they might be thinking, you know, should I make a move overseas? Hang on, I'm going to leave all my friendship groups and everything else. It's a brave decision to, you know, up sticks, boom, get on the plane, move your stuff. How did you deal with that? You are right. It is right. And I, uh, I think you, myself, a lot of people have made this experience. Mm -hmm. It is like when I went to Switzerland, you, you, you said it, sports. When I was younger, I played basketball a lot and I, I went to, to the local team there in order to get in contact with people, mm -hmm. you know, just with, with local people. In addition, I think it depends also a bit where do you go? I mean, you, you mentioned Zurich. It was not exactly Zurich where I went, okay. but Schaffhausen, which oh, is yeah. a smaller town, like an hour 
away from Zurich. But if you go to other, let's say, these well-known expert hubs, mm. yeah, Zurich is probably one, um, but but also Singapore, for example, uh, you find maybe a different environment than in Schaffhausen. Mm. Um, you will find a lot of people that are also from abroad, from all around the world, and there is expert groups that find together. So there is chances to meet people, be it local people when you go to local sport clubs or things like that, or, or whatever you want to do, mm -hmm. or a dance club or whatever you want to do. But you also find probably also in your company um, a lot of people that are also from, from all around the world, like in Switzerland, for example. As I said, there were people that came from all around. We all had, quote unquote, the same problem, right? So the, the, the colleagues mm. also didn't have private contact. So we grouped together and we I really met like super interesting and great people during the time where I still have friend relationships with them up until today. And I think these things, I would not worry about it, especially when you are young and you try it. Mm. You will find a way, this or the other way, your colleagues or, or sport clubs or whatsoever. And to be honest, when I say you are young and you are flexible, it is also not a, not a big thing to say you try it for whatever is the period of time, half a year, yeah. nine months, be 12 months. And if you decide, look, I tried it, but it's not really working yeah. and you decide to go back, go back. Yeah. You know, what did you lose? You, you, you definitely gained a very valuable experience for your life, not only, but as well professional wise, but also for you as a, as a young mm. personality. Mm. You talk about going back, that leads us nicely to then you headed back to Berlin, you know, with, with this role. So how did you make the move from Groupon to Delivery Hero? How did that come about? I mean, I, I stayed for seven years at Groupon and I, I mean, I still would say there had been also interesting opportunities within Groupon. It was still a very interesting development and I started together with the colleagues there to really build up a treasury and it had been built and there were a lot of interesting and great colleagues in Chicago, in London, in Switzerland and there could have been opportunities for me probably as well that are interesting like learning and developing the career but it's also after seven years for me personally, this different from person to person you know mm. but i mean seven years in such a young company that's quite a time believe mm. it or not i mean i was i think i was one of the like longest with the company at groupon those days with my seven years and for me it was about time to change i had contact to delivery hero before here and there a bit and look i mean i had a great opportunity and very interesting offer from from delivery hero and it's a it's a great and interesting and growing company and also now i can definitely say it was the right decision to take the step but it was also, it's my hometown. And it's also Berlin, where I think in general, even if it wouldn't be my hometown, it's a very interesting city um, when it comes about development of, of young tech companies, mm. et cetera, et cetera. There are a few that are you know, relatively sizable nowadays and, and the tendency is better. We are not talking about Silicon Valley or mm -hmm. anything, but the <laughs> tendency of Berlin developing as a, as one of the tech hubs probably within Europe, there are a few interesting ones, but Berlin, I would say is one of them. So it was relatively easy for me to take mm -hmm. the decision to, to take that step back home back to another very like fast growing and developing company, which is located in a very interesting city. So, you know, mm. it's kind of obvious that this decision was not move. too difficult yeah. to make. So you made the move. So you joined Delivery Hero. Again, I outlined it briefly to the people listening today, but they don't know the company necessarily as you do. So can you perhaps explain the group, the dynamic? And again, one of the things we'll focus on is how you organize yourselves globally. I know that you're, you've got the central headquarters in Berlin, but you've got regional headquarters across Asia Pac and, and across. So maybe explain for the listeners today, if you would, you know, the group and stuff. 
So, I mean, the business itself, um, it basically started with seeing a platform business to bring great restaurants partner together with clients who are sitting at home and are just hungry and would like to order an amazing pizza or a sushi or whatever they would like mm. to have in that moment. So this is the this is the origin business model being a platform business, bringing customers and restaurants together. Mm. In the meantime, the business concept is kind of spreading and widening a bit. Um, so we have new verticals, as we call it, with our DMART concept where you basically can order other goods and stuff and get it delivered, I guess, at the moment below 16 minutes or anything close to that. And our kitchen concepts, where, which is also, again, food related, but where there's not really like the restaurant partner behind it, but a kitchen partner that uh, prepares amazing food for you and gets delivered to your house door. We are present, you mentioned 40 markets. I guess it's getting close to 50. And maybe while we are talking, it's getting 51 or 52 because like the, as I said, you know, it's a very dynamic, a very mm. growth driven business at the moment with great development. And that's about how the business basically works. And how are you organized treasury-wise? So I know we discussed this before the show. So, you know, have you got regional hubs or how do you work it all out? Is it all, you know, you guys leading it from Berlin or, you know, how do you work it? Delivery here actually grows. I mean, there's a lot of organic growth, of course, okay. um, but there's also a lot of growth. A big portion is M&A driven. Mm -hmm. I think over the past years, you can and could see it in, in the press. Um, there are smaller, mid-size, and even for our terms, relatively big M&A activity. When I joined a bit more than three and a half years ago, we actually had a kind of an approach to get as much transparency and knowledge. What did we actually buy? What is growing mm -hmm. out there? To, to central. Now that we have a very good idea, I mean, do you ever come to 100% here? I don't know. But we have enough knowledge and transparency and understanding of the group at the moment from the process that we have started to centralize various functions and departments. But always, of course, the local structures kept and stayed out there. Since a bit, we, we see that we now are able to to regionalize the structure. Mm. So we have we have a hub in the Middle East, we have a hub in Singapore for our APEC region, and we have a hub in Montevideo, Uruguay for our Latin business. Mm. And Europe is, is mainly covered um, out of Berlin. We also have, I would call it kind of a sub-regional hub for the Nordics. And uh, we have a big business in Greece as well. That's also a little bit covering Southeast Europe. That's basically a structure. When it comes about treasury, we have, we have a team here in Berlin. We we are eight people here at the moment. We have started to build teams within the hubs that I have mentioned. So there is like general regional hubs that get built up since I would say approximately one and a half to two years, more and more step by step. And there is finance hubs, of course, and there's also a treasury function there. So I will not have like huge teams out there. Is it, is it maybe three to four max or two people per region? That depends a little bit on the on the setup in, in the specific region, but that's how we are set up. We have a central hub here in Berlin. We have a small treasury hub in APEC at the moment, in LATAM, and we are building one in the Middle East. And talking about yourselves, you've got this, as I say, very kindly, Christian, actually, it's, it's the only person ever to complete all of the questions that I have before the session. So... He, he very kindly gave me so much information. It was it was great. So really got an understanding for you and your team. And you've got this one team approach. Can you perhaps explain about what that, you know, say it relates to vision and strategy for you guys as a group? What does that mean? What does one team approach mean? 
I think that, I mean, nowadays, I think distance can be bridged by technology. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the two of us. You sit in London, I sit in Berlin, yeah. but you could also sit in LA. Okay, there's a bit of a time difference, which mm -hmm. sometimes makes it a little bit challenging. But in general, I sometimes say also to the team members, yes, there is oceans between us, but technology can bridge it easily. Mm -hmm. But that's just one thing. I think that's the base that you have, that you have the technology to, to, to group together. But there is something that is even more important. I think that... Um, um, this is what I learned in the in the past. And I had the chance basically to start my career in an operational subsidiary. Um, I worked in a regional or supra-regional um, headquarter that was the time in Switzerland. And now I have the chance to work in a central headquarter. So you can say I went through all the three stages, right? From local, regional, and central. And that also gave me the chance to see, to have it from the eye of all of these perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. So when you work for a local company and you, you know, you get all these re requests and report requirements and whatsoever and guidance guidelines from your regional or from your central headquarter, I have had that. I had the same getting the instructions and whatsoever from a central headquarter when I was working in a regional headquarter. And that gives me a good understanding of, you know, when I reach out to local colleagues or to regional colleagues, how that gets addressed there and how they see it and how they understand these things. I think when we want to work together, because we have for one group, we have one treasury vision and strategy. Mm. And it's key that your teams out there, I mean, it's, it's also for the, for the central team, you know, within my team, we talk about the vision and the strategy, and it's important that everybody is aligned, understands it and agrees with it. I mean, it's not me who's saying, hey, this is the path we go, you know, mm. we, we align it all together, and then we go that path together. And but that also counts for the colleagues that sit in, in Montevideo, or that sit in Singapore, that we have a one vision approach and, and a one team approach. I, I never want to hear that someone in the treasury team says they say this, uh, they think this one. There is no they. You know, this is not an external party or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It is. It is your treasury team. It's an us approach. Uh, absolutely, it's mm. an it's absolutely you. That, that's a good good way to say it. it's an us approach and not a they approach or mm. whatsoever. Maybe an example on how I try to to build this. You know, I mean, I think it's. When you when you have such a setup, it's pretty much standard that you maybe have frequent calls with the teams, the team leads together and whatsoever. What I do in addition is, and I think that's that's interesting for the participants and supportive for what I want to achieve with a global, with one global team, one like us approach, is when we run projects, I'm trying to to set the teams in an kind of an inter intercontinental uh, project setup so that we have sometimes people from two or three continents together working on one project. It's a little bit challenging between our friends and colleagues in Latin and in APEC because the time difference is just huge. Mm -hmm. But at least in Europe, you have the advantage, if you want to say that, sometimes also a disadvantage, yeah. I think, <laughs> that you are in the middle and you can actually run projects with the Latin and APEC colleagues. So again, the point here is like these intercontinental projects, I think is a great way to bring people together, to bring experiences together and to have also the buy-in from also the regional hubs towards these projects and towards your vision and strategy that you go to. Because if you just like dictate it from central to somewhere and the people don't feel it, how should they carry it yeah. uh, with 100% with passion? And Surely wouldn't it be easier to do, you know, so Asia Pac do one project, Europe do one project, Singapore do one project, and then just roll it out sort of thing. Would that not be not be easier? It sounds, you know, what are the, what have you seen as the real advantage of doing that intercontinental approach? 
I think in general, again, I think the, the advantage of the intercontinental approach is to really bring the people together because okay. otherwise you have a team that works more or less isolated with a frequent call once a week or every two weeks with central or whatsoever. And then that's it. That's your connection where you report sometimes or you, you know, talk about what happened last week and what's going to happen next week. That's very much standard. But if you really work on a project on a day to day basis together, again, technically, not a challenge at all. Sometimes a little bit uh, the time difference and not always crossing uh, holidays or whatsoever. But I think this really, really brings the teams and the people way closer together. If they go through, you know, a project that, that, is, that is sometimes, you know, it's not always super smooth. There's also challenges, hurdles to come uh, to overcome. And if you do this together, then these two people, let's say, for example, a person in Berlin and a person in Uruguay, they go through this together. They are really one team, same mm -hmm. as if they would sit in Berlin. Honestly, I, I do not see my Berlin colleagues at the moment because we all work remote, <laughs> right? It's basically, there's actually almost no difference anymore between how I work together with my Latin colleagues and my Berlin colleagues mm. because it's all remote. Again, the time. Mm zones that's one thing but this, this is this is organizable i would yeah. say and you talk about your colleagues there you know when you're looking at the people aspect obviously you know we're the treasury recruitment company we we focus on all of the talent things about the people aspect what are you looking for in the people that you you bring on when you're recruiting or when you're you know sort of taking someone on you know they're perhaps developing through the company what are you looking for in those people is it the qualifications or is it an ethos or what attitude what, what are you what's what's key to you I think the base is, is probably the qualification. Yeah. I mean, you 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 should have you you asked me before. You know, I studied um, business administration, so I liked numbers, right? And yeah. I liked money. So this is kind mm -hmm. of um, there, there's a there's a qualification part. But I think this is base. But what is more important for me when I am interviewing people? It depends a little bit on the position, of course, that I interview for. If I, for example, interview a management position, then it's very important that identify like that this person has this shares the same vision and strategy for what does it actually mean to build an amazing treasury experience for delivery hero mm. so the the vision of that person of of what a what a what a great treasury department means needs to fit right mm. and also like me for example we we go for you know we go for like centralized and regionalized approach we are have a streamlined core bank partnership approach and and the one treasury management system approach so that we and that we automate processes etc etc so i would say if that manager for example does not share this kind of you know to 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 centralize standardize processes and automate processes if, if that doesn't match then it wouldn't make sense mm -hmm. right because um, i need people that create this amazing treasury experience in their region for example or supporting here at central so the same vision and the same idea of what an efficient and and amazing treasury means i think that's even more important when i look at at analyst positions, for example, yes, knowledge as well. But there, it's even more important that there is that people are interested and maybe, if you want to call it, even passionate about mm. treasury. Look at me, you know, you you remember what we said at the beginning, this late evening in, in 2010, when the gentleman came to me and asked me if I want to join the treasury department at Groupon. I said, yeah, let's do it. But I had to Google it, right? Mm. Because I had no clue what it is. But I was interested and I was kind of passionate about it. So I had everything that I needed to develop myself and to develop a career and the knowledge 
privilege within treasury, even though I didn't even know what it means when he asked <laughs> me the first time, you know, and, but again, of course, I studied business administration, I knew about numbers, and I knew how to how to work with an Excel table and putting numbers together and building reports and things like that. Yeah, this is what I needed as an analyst at the very beginning. But that's it. More important was being interested in this type of field and and being also a bit passionate about mm. it, if you want to call it that. I produced a series of interview videos trying to coach junior candidates in particular. And you know, well, maybe not just junior candidates, junior through to treasury managers, you know, this might be the first or second job or something like that. When someone comes to you, as well as that sort of qualification, what else makes someone a standout candidate? What 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 is the thing that you you know you walk in that interview room or you walk out that interview room and go that person should get the job? What is it you're looking for? Again, this is for the listeners today. They're thinking, oh, I've got a job interview next week. I need to listen to Christian's advice and keep that in the front of my mind. What do they need to do? Again, I think if I would have an open position now and I do an interview, again, differentiating between manager and analyst level, it's about like the company that I apply for. Is that, I mean, it's about the business model. It's about the company. Is that something that, that sounds interesting to mm. me? It's also, and that can be very different. For example, if you apply at a company like Deliver Hero, you need to know that you go into a very dynamic environment, into a very fast growing company with all its pros and all its challenges in such an environment, right? But there's also other type of jobs and companies that are more stable with all the advantages and challenges that such an environment brings with it. I think, but again, if you come back and if you go to Delivery Hero, you, you need to be aware what company you apply for. And if that is something that you are interested in and that you think you can be like create passion about it and be a hundred percent with your brain and your heart in it i think that is that is very important because you spend a lot of time there and it should be interesting and it should challenge you what you are doing there because it's not you know you, of course you can say it's just a job but again it's a lot of time that you invest and especially when you are young it's also you know one of your first career and it, it kind of builds the way of your further career so Think about it if you can work for such a company with passion. And if you if you adopt also the, the vision and the strategy that specific treasury department is having. Mm. And looking at the future for yourselves and you as a company and a, a corporate and things like that, if if people are looking at the future, what do you see coming through or what are you guys planning for? You know, is it I know that I looked at some of the notes, obviously there's real time processes and you know, making sure the money's in the right place and everything else, or what are the key challenges you're seeing in the future? Is it, you know, bots coming in or what what are the key things for you guys? I think that that counts for us at Delivery Hero, but that counts in general. The job environment is changing and it's developing with technology. Mm. I think if I think about myself from time to time, you know, I'm I'm 35 now, 36. I doubt that I will go into retirement, except I win the lottery tomorrow, yeah. with the same technology that I have available today yeah. or that we are using today, because there's there's already a, not, a lot available that is not too much in use at the moment. But, you know, I mean, look at the, at the development when my parents were my age, like, 
talking about computers or laptops and all of these things was at the very early stage, if at all. Mm. And if you then, and if you see the exponential development of technology um, over the last years and what's what's about to come in the future, you can bet that you that I will not go into retirement with the same technology that's out there today, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. For my team, our average age in the team is somewhere early thirty. So we all have another. I don't know, in Germany, kind of another 35 yeah. years to go. That's a bit, <laughs> right? And there's a lot of time for further development of technology. And I think it's important to, to adopt to that, to see it as a chance and not as a risk because it's coming anyway. And it's something that at the moment we can create and, and build on and, and get our experience. So like within our team, we are open-minded for that. We are looking into things. We just recently activated um, a small robot within, in, within Treasury that, that builds our daily cash report. Not to also, of course, to save the 15 minutes every day to mm. build this report, but also just to understand what does all of that mean? Mm. You know, I mean, what does this robotic mean? You, you go to conferences, you hear about it, you maybe attend presentation and then you hear about it and whatsoever. But I, there's also a recommendation out there, you know, just like try it, just test it with a very small thing. I mean, our daily cash report, you know, now there's every day an email that gets sent out um, to our finance management and it, it ends with regards your robot. And we save 15 minutes every day. So I prefer to spend that 15 minutes with my colleague at the coffee machine. <laughs> talking about whatever rather than building this same report every day so we just we just did it in generally operationally i say like processes will develop real time mm. uh, towards real time right i always said in the past because also this for for us as a company and in treasury at delivery hero our focus is on automating processes, right? How else can you can you handle such a, such an amazing growth? I mean, we have approximately 100% growth rates in, in revenues year over year. This is amazing, right? Mm. But how to cover all of that? Do you want to like hire additional FTEs 100% year over year? I think this is then challenging to go towards profitability, I guess. So the, the path to go is automation. And I always was talking the last two years about automation, automation, automation. But now I'm actually talking about real-time automation. And this is what technology provides already, right? And what's the danger? What I mean by that is you're getting all these technologies coming at you, you're getting all these different ideas and things like that. Where should people not waste their time? Where should treasurers think, actually, this is a, a good use of my time? Because there are so many, you're probably getting emails, you're getting banks, you're getting different technology developers saying, oh, take our system or do this or do this. Where do you keep your focus or you know, what do people need to avoid doing, would you say? I just can answer that from, from my specific point of view and, and environment. You are right. There is a lot out there. There's a lot so of much. new technology developments out there and, and whatsoever. And will all of them be the thing of the coming years? Probably not. Mm. Some of them, definitely, yes. Which one? I don't know, to be honest. I think what, what we at Delivery Hero are doing in general is a is a step-by-step -step approach. So we develop step-by-step. -step. We never jump from zero to 100 or even beyond. We go from a zero to 20 to 50 to 60 to 80 to 100. And this gives us the time to also understand and identify what type of technology is covering our next step towards process improvement, process automation, etc. What is actually the the technology that that helps us you know mm. as i said we looked a little bit into the robotic we're looking in other like 
payment reconciliation and reporting real-time technologies that allow us, you know, to not only have automated reports every day, but also to have them on real-time, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I always say, I, I want my CFO to have an app on his mobile device that just shows him the real-time cash balance of the group on demand, yeah, you know, whenever right. he wants. Yeah. And it's not about only this idea. It is, and then you, when you have this kind of vision of the app, uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of steps that you need to implement and go to achieve that vision of the app. You know, it's just the app. It's just a, like a point of orientation. Mm. And this is how we go along. And there are technologies that we look further into. And there are technologies that we where we do not see any like value, at least at the level of development where we are at the moment mm. within our department, maybe also as a company and as a finance organization. But maybe this is a different situation in two years time. As I mm. said, the last two years, I was talking about automation. And now I see what's happening and where we are and where we stand. Now I'm talking about real-time automation. Mm -hmm. And this, this is how I, how I also develop my strategy. It's same as with life. You like a five-year strategy. That's very difficult to say, mm -hmm. especially in an agile and dynamic environment in, as in a company like Delivery Hero. Yeah. Who can, who can plan five years in front? Who knows? So as we approach the end of today's show, we'll put your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so you can connect to people or they can connect to you if you feel it's right to have them in your network and things as we do every week we'll try and sort of summarize maybe your top tips you know that might be for treasury analyst managers at the junior levels what they should be thinking about but also maybe for your peers as well other treasurers what are the things that you think about and you sort of you're in a, a dinner party conversation and someone said well what would you what tip would you give me from for my treasury team or something like that what, what are the tips you would say as we wrap up today's show I would say, I mean, with respect to what we have talked about here, with, mm. with respect to how to build and develop a career, I think the way I see it is I'm always focused on organic growth. Yeah. I think that a career takes time. And same as I described the process steps uh, for my department, I also, me personally, I don't go from zero to a hundred. <laughs> um, I develop my skills, my experience organically, step by step, year over year. Mm. But also we talked about it going like, for example, going abroad, which doesn't mean you can only develop a career when you go abroad. That's not true. Mm. I mean, I did it, others did it, but it's not necessarily like, it's not a rule. But if you have opportunities, be it within your city or going to going abroad, especially when you are free, flexible and, and young, um, just take it. And, and, you know, this is nothing that is, that is then necessarily forever. Take it, discover it. Is it good for you? Continue. Is it not good for you? Maybe go back or do something different. Mm -hmm. If you are in Singapore and you don't want to go back to Berlin, go to New York. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of, especially when you are in a very flexible life situation. I said, if you are young, it doesn't actually matter on your age. It's your life situation. If you are flexible and you like to experience things, take the opportunity sure. and you can also always go back, you know? Yeah. And again, any other tips for, you know, other people about, you know, what they should be focusing on in their treasuries that you've, you've, you know, the mistakes you've made and now you think actually, you know, this is this is a way not to make those mistakes, but perhaps for the future. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think in general, I mean, as you as you see, my my career and my experience has been developed in fast growing tech companies. Mm -hmm. So I basically can only talk about that one. But yeah. maybe to have it at the wider scope is what we just a few minutes talked about. I think within Treasury, the a job description and the, the required knowledge of, of a treasurer will develop over the next years with the development of technology. It all gets more and more technical. Um, I can see that every day. And again, it is something where like you can maybe try to push back or avoid this new technology tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and maybe within the next two or three I don't know about five years, mm. but it is a fact, I guess, that you cannot push this back and avoid it when you when you think a little bit more mid long term. So I think being open minded for technology and the development and seeing it as a chance rather than a risk. A robot does not take my job away, but my job is just changing in the future. Yeah. And I think as actually in a very interesting way. So Take it as a chance and opportunity and be aware that you don't have a chance to fight against it. It will come and business standards and treasury standards will change and develop over the time anyways. Take it as a chance and yeah. have fun implementing such new technologies to your treasury processes. Excellent. Well, that's great, isn't it? So take a chance on making a move overseas and take a chance on implementing technology. So I think that'll probably be the headline for this episode. So take a chance. So Christian, thank you for today. It's been great to talk to you and I think people get lots of value. So, uh, you know, thank you very much. So I think you've done a brilliant job. I look forward to lots of people connecting with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the interesting opportunity. Thanks. Cool.